0: Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Big Red Monday, presented by
1: Sanderson Ford with Bickley and Murata. Two receivers right, one left. Garoppolo takes the shotgun snap. Short set in the pocket, gets hit by Golden, sacked again at the 40-yard line. Have a day, Marcus Golden. Three sacks as he takes down Garoppolo for a five-yard loss at the thirty-nine. Yeah, I, I, it, it,
2: it, 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 I meant it like uh, old school football, man. When you line up, you know they're gonna the quarterback going to be in the center and, and the lineman is going to come at you. You're going to have to set the edge. You're going to have to stop the run first before you can even get the chance to rush the passer. So that's what I mean by nasty football. And um, that's what they tried to do at first when we got out there and we was a little nastier today. And um, we take pride in that.
3: Print up the t-shirts. Nasty football. Definitely a brand of football played by Marcus Golden this year and certainly Yesterday.
1: different than pretty boy football, huh? Oh, you can say that again. <laughs> yeah. You can say and what there was a difference
0: a, t- a couple years mm-hmm. makes. Well, there was a at, near the end of the game, you could see the way Chandler Jones was still pursuing Jimmy Garoppolo and Buddha Baker laying up and I'm like, look at how hard this defense is playing with a fourteen mm-hmm. point lead.
3: Mm-hmm. They wanted to close out strong and Crazy. they did. Crazy. 31-17, the uh, final score. Cardinals win it over the 49ers. They move to 8-1 and one on the season, as we do on Mondays. We open up the phone lines for a bit on Big Red Monday to get your thoughts on it. The phone number to join in the discussion. Share your thoughts, 602-260-9870. And we will start in Tempe with George here on uh, Big Lee sure. Marotta Mornings. Hi, George.
4: Hey, man. So let's see. Kyler, Chase, Jonathan, DeAndre, Kelvin, Zavin, Max, Justin, James, Richard, JJ, AJ, and Demetrius. Did, did I leave anybody out? I don't think so. That's insane. We go out there and do what we did to a team that's no joke. I know the people are going to say the Niners are three and five now and, and blah, blah, blah. But that's a team that plays really physical, really hard, and does not quit. And they're the real deal. And we just work them up and down the field this is no longer just a finesse team it's a finesse team that plays physical it plays in your face and it plays hard oh and by the way asu scored six touchdowns this weekend four on saturday and two yesterday that was pretty <laughs> awesome. you know so so here we go we've got we've got the national media that's continuing to just ignore us or giving us the short shrift but this team is for
1: real this team is yep. for real
3: good call George, appreciate it. And, George, you actually did leave out some names. Uh, I didn't hear the names of the three assistant coaches that weren't there yesterday because of COVID-19 protocols just to kind of uh, drive your point home. I'm to the point now, Bick, um, and I've been getting close to it. I don't don't care about national attention. There's something special going on with this team inside that locker room with the philosophy, with the belief that they have in each other. I had Mm -hmm. a buddy text me yesterday and say, that Green Bay loss might come, come back to be a blessing for the Cardinals because Had they won that game, win yesterday, the rumblings nationally would be a lot about, oh, can this team run the table? Nobody needs that. There's a lot of pressure to live up to with that. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, the Cardinals look like a very relaxed football team despite all their well, absences yesterday. Listen,
0: it, it, that's the that, that to me is really kind of the funny thing here. We all get so worked up about this, but the lack of national media attention is the best thing that can happen mm-hmm. here. The best thing. Under because the radar is a good place to be. Under the radar is a great place to be, and you can use it as fuel. It, you, you don't have the pressure, and you can use it as fuel. It's great for the football team. Yeah. Let's go out to uh, Gilbert and talk to Tom up next here on Big Red Monday.
3: What's going on, Tom?
4: Good morning, gentlemen. Always a pleasure to be part of the greatest radio show in sports. So, <laughs> first of all, I feel pretty good about being an Arizona fan, even you of a won this weekend. <laughs> and uh, so I know last year there was – well, actually in the off season, you guys had hosted some phone calls about would you trade Kyler Murray – for Deshaun Watson straight up and I had actually said eh, throw in Cliff Kingsbury too <laughs> I was wrong on social media I had said and, and in conversations that when you stacked up the coaching staffs alone assuming all talent equal across the board the Cardinals coaching staff ranked fourth in the NFC West I was absolutely wrong he looked great yesterday as a coach he is absolutely his demeanor has changed the team's demeanor has changed. And and the, the adage has always been either you're coaching it to happen or you're allowing it to happen. And either way, Cliff Kingsbury has done a great job this year and should get a lot of credit for what happened.
0: Yeah, he will. A great day, guys. He's got, Thanks, to fi- Tom. he's got to finish the job, but you're absolutely right about that. It's it's To me, it, it, the genius of it all is, again, Steve Kime bringing in these handful of veterans, character guys, physical guys, who kind of filled in the soft spots and together it's 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 really it's good now
3: it's yeah. all good and and we've been remiss in the first hour plus of this show now talking about coaching Cliff Kingsbury yes tip of the cap he was he was great he's been great pretty much all year Vance Joseph again yesterday mm-hmm. with that defense missing some pieces no JJ Watt for a while he finally lands on IR and even go back to the beginning of the season, there wasn't any panic at all when the guy you brought in that to be your top cornerback, everybody thought in in uh, Malcolm Butler retires, walks away from the team. Yeah, a lot of teams right? would have panicked. Uh, they were pretty equipped to deal with it without adding a big name at that position, and they mm-hmm. just continue to, to to you know shut opposing offenses down. Uh, the key number for me again yesterday, and and this is pointing to the defense. The Arizona Cardinals had as many rushing attempts yesterday as the San Francisco 49ers had rushing yards. That tells you how that game went. Yeah,
0: it does. And it went that way from the beginning. Do uh, you know to- how good it must have been for that for the Cardinals team to hear the 49ers crowd booing their own team? Mm-hmm. You know, gr- Oh, gr- that's music. Oh, that is music. Sweet music. Let's go out to Gilbert, talk to Keith
3: up next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hey, Keith. Hey, good
5: morning, gentlemen. Sarah, uh, Jarrett, you too? Uh, sorry, Jarrett, I couldn't help myself. Shut up, Jarrett! Two quick, two, two quick points and a question. Two things that stood out to me. Uh, we've talked a lot, of course, about Colt McCoy. Um, one thing I noticed about him, a pocket presence... He doesn't take his, his his drops aren't as deep as Kyler's because mm-hmm. I don't think he really I mean, and I think he knows he's not going to outrun anybody around the corner. He did get out to the sideline once to throw away one of his four incompletions was his throwaway four incompletions on the day. Think of that. Uh, but he, when he when he feels the pressure in the pocket, rather than trying to run around the backside like Kyler does, he runs up through the holes and the gaps in the middle, and he was so effective at it. Uh, I, I was just blown away at his pocket presence. Second point was, we are used to being out physical in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. That is no longer the case. And what stands out across the board, not just across the board physicality, but the physicality in the secondary. And you got to give a shout out to Jalen Thompson. I'll tell you, Sanu, Ayuk, and Samuel are going to feel it this morning, courtesy uh-huh. of a safety named Jalen Thompson. That guy brings it, and he lays it. He lays it. I, I, I just, I'm so impressed with that guy. Question is on the uh, on the series where we lost track of the downs and Dennis Gardak got called for two motion penalties. Why wasn't Brewer snapping the ball?
3: He was hurt. He was he went back. I, I don't know what the injury was, but he uh, he was walking back to the locker room at that point. Somebody had sent a, a picture that was at the game of him mm-hmm. walking back, and uh, the first penalty might have been a blessing, honestly. Uh, because if you saw it, and uh, Sean Harlow again pressed into duty for, as the long snapper, there was nothing on that snap. It was like an end-over-end snap that was going about two miles an hour. Yeah, it was. Uh, had that play actually come to fruition, it might have been a block. But, uh, yeah, Brewer uh, is on the, you know, he'll be one of those players that we're wondering about the uh, availability for this week. Let's close it out. Greg's been hanging on. He's in surprise. Greg, you got the last word here on uh, Big Glamour mornings. What's up?
5: Hey, thanks for having me on the show, guys. I just want to point out that, you know, we're talking a lot about Colt McCoy and the defense. How about James Conner? Mm-hmm. That guy oh, was yeah. a monster yesterday. Oh, oh, oh. The dude, the, and nobody's really mentioning him. I see you, James Conner, man. Keep it up. Go, Arizona. I'm going to leave it to you. Thanks, guys.
0: James Conner was, was portrayed as a guy maybe on the downhill side of his prime who was going to be a short yardage specialist in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And the electrifying athletic stuff is going to be Chase Edmonds' domain Yesterday kind of blew that out of the water. It showed just how athletic and electric James Conner still can be. It's ironic because last year we all talked about how Cliff Kingsbury had a hard time sort of integrating a second running back. How he always wanted to run a number one guy. One of the strengths this year was the distribution of carries. Chase Edmonds gets hurt on the first carry yesterday. It's all James Conner's deal, and look what he did with well, it. Well, not only that,
3: <laughs> running the football physically, but right. making one-handed catches, scoring on a 45-yard screenplay. And we got mention you know, people got to mention Eno Benjamin, too, because the, the, the blow he delivered to Drake Kirkpatrick on his touchdown run, yeah. I'm so happy for him because he ran that hard every time he touched the ball at ASU. It's an easy guy to root for, mm-hmm. and it was so good to see him get in the end zone yesterday. Thanks for the calls. Appreciate it. Coming up next, we'll uh, veer away from the Cardinals for a sec. Uh, The Phoenix Suns have two stories going on uh, that are intriguing. One on the court, one off the court. We'll get into both of them next. Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
4: Dan Pickley, Vince Murata. Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Has it in the front court. Over on the right side. Still in the perimeter. Puts up a three. Doesn't get it. And the rebound is cracked down by Chris Paul. Paul brings it up out of back court. Gets the ball to Booker. Inside. It goes to Crowder. And he scores with 19 seconds remaining. Oh, brother.
3: Al McCoy, the Hall of Famer on one of the late buckets by the Phoenix Suns in what was a very entertaining, really, really good basketball game Saturday night at Footprint Center. Uh, a lot of people commented to me after uh, I got some texts, I got some tweets. That was a great basketball game to be at, one of the better games they had been at in a while. Yeah, uh, and agree. a good win for the Phoenix Suns, it, uh, fourth yes.
0: straight. Yeah, the game, as I was experiencing the game, at, at near the end of it, it felt rewarding. It felt like it felt last year mm-hmm. during the playoffs. That game, as it went on, whether because D.A. was not playing or because it was the Hawks, but it, it felt like that game finally spoke to the Suns, the players, as in, this is our calling. This is when mm-hmm. we kind of get it back and put it out there. That's why I'm not worried at all about this basketball team. Um, that was uh, That was terrific. That was great stuff to watch.
3: Yeah, and it was against a good Eastern Conference playoff team and made it to the conference finals last year. Fully constructed, yes, in the middle of a murderous road stretch Mm -hmm. uh, and a stretch of schedule for them. But Trey Young played tremendous. John Collins played tremendous. Things didn't go perfectly for the Suns. They got Cameron Payne back. He struggled. Uh, JaVale McGee got a, a bad eye injury that he had to fight through. Yep. Uh, they didn't have DeAndre Ayton as you mentioned, and yet they, uh, you know, they, they put forth a, a dominant fourth quarter to yeah. win their fourth straight. Yeah, it, it was a very impressive yeah.
0: performance. Right. It's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with this basketball team in the coming weeks because we do know as of uh, as it relates to Saturday night's game, one of the interesting things w- about this would have been minor- minority owner Jam Najafi showing up at the game with Colin Kaepernick. And that was quite a statement for a minority owner to make when you're the when you're one of the guys who did not sign the statement of support for Robert Sarver. And so what was that all about? A lot of people I tweeted that out and the amount of the amount of hate that is still out there for Colin Kaepernick blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. But it is what it is. So to me, I'm like, wow, that's that's quite a statement to make. Uh, I looked into it, and what I was able to learn about this is the hope was that by bringing Colin Kaepernick to the game, it would give courage to anyone out there who has a story to tell regarding Robert Sarver and this investigation. Wow. That's what I was told, that this was a symbol of courage to anyone who has who might be afraid to speak out. Now, I was also told that as a minority owner, John Najafi might've taken offense to that secondary statement that came out because it might serve as intimidating to people who might want to speak or who might be afraid to speak out on all of this but as you put out there on saturday night too, john najafi and colin kaepernick do have they business, business interests together. so so it, it it could be written off as nothing more than john najafi bringing colin kaepernick to a basketball game but colin kaepernick generally doesn't kind of do that kind of stuff show up in public hey everybody maybe i'm wrong about that i you know i started thinking about that too um and i
3: can't recall a lot of public appearances at, at games yeah. for Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. but I, I again, I could be wrong. I'm not exactly keeping tabs on That's the right.
0: guy. Then, then I woke up Saturday morning, as I think you did as well, to this Jalen Rose report that came out of nowhere, We're during a, a a taping or a televised show on ESPN, just... In the midst of talking about the situation, basically saying, look, I've heard this stuff before. I played in that organization. None of this is a surprise to me, whether it's this or whether it's Robert Sarver calling DeAndre Ayton a lazy N-word. And it was like, what? What? Yeah, it was very casually
3: delivered. There wasn't any follow-up question from anybody else on the ESPN panel. Uh, obviously and predictably, Sun's Twitter blew up and was asking the question, where, where did
0: this come from? Mm-hmm. Um And it coincided, coincided is the word we're using right now, with DeAndre Ayton waking up Saturday morning and going, ah, that contusion on my leg is bothering me again. And he was out for that game, and he's out for tonight's game.
1: He did travel with the team, though. He traveled with the team. Yes, he traveled with the
3: team for this game. Which is interesting, too, because, I mean, maybe it's not, but it's only a one-game stopover. Uh, It's a one-game trip to Sacramento before they come home and play again. Right. Uh, I don't know. All I know is that um, since the since that story broke on Friday, um, the Suns players, at least on the floor, they've handled their business. Yes, they have. Because uh, it, it very well could serve as a distraction, mm-hmm. uh, and we are in the very early stages of whatever investigation is coming in, into this matter. Mm-hmm. But I walked away from that arena on Saturday night uh, feeling like, Exactly what you said earlier.
0: I'm not, I'm not worried about this basketball well, team on the floor because they're a very professional group. Hardcore basketball team. Yeah. I agree with that. And so I don't know where this whole story is going. I know there's a lot of people wondering, is it going to get to the point where the players, if there's more of this, are the players going to be forced to take a stand? Is it is it going to be a distraction? That's the one thing Jalen Rose said, where if, if you as a basketball team start to believe these allegations are true— you, you, you may start to wonder, why are we playing for this man? That, now, I'm speaking theoretically, but that has happened in the past, and that which is why I said from day one, watch how, these, how this basketball team reacts. Watch what they do. And in regards to Saturday night and moving forward, I think, A, they've got the perfect head coach to compartmentalize this, and to focus on what they need mm-hmm. to focus on, and they've got the right leadership structure as well.
3: Well, I, I think it's very important for me to point out, uh, I appreciate you saying that you were speaking theoretically, because Jalen Rose on ESPN didn't uh, no. didn't offer that no. at all, no. if that's indeed what he was doing. Uh,
0: well, and listen, Jalen Rose is a very smart person. It, it, I really have a hard time thinking he said that recklessly. But But who knows what's in play at this point in time? Who knows what is going on here? I, I, I will say this. This basketball team has got a great window of opportunity to pursue, to pursue a championship on the floor. They're better than they were last year. That second half and the fourth quarter of that game against the Hawks spoke to everybody in the Valley. You could see it on Twitter. Everybody was immensely satisfied. Oh, the arena was electric, yeah. too. So that was, that was sort of reigniting what we all experienced collectively last year. This basketball team has to hang on to that. And weather all of this. Yep. Suns
3: uh, in Sacramento tonight after the time switch. A little later tip-off, which is great news for us, Pick. 8 o'clock tip from Northern California tonight. You can hear it here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell helps us get caught up on the big stories of the day. Lots of Cardinal stuff. Rush Hour reboot is next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. <laughs>
0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Sending you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. That's American-owned and American-dreamed
1: Brooklyn Betting.
2: That's right. It is time to get rebooted here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on 98.7 FM. Thank you all for joining us on yet another Victory Monday. I am Sarah Cazell taking you through the top stories of the day along with Dan Bickley, Vince Morata, and Jarrett Carlin. Let's dive right into this Cardinals game. So many key guys missing yesterday on both sides of the ball. Plus, you never really know what to expect against the 49ers. You think they're dead and then they're not, and they're zombies. What could have been an uh uh-oh game for the Cardinals on the road became another convincing win. And here is Cliff Kingsbury talking about that yesterday.
0: Just resilient. Um, No matter who's stepping in there, they're they're playing at a high level and um, trying to hold the standard to what it is. And and it's just fun to be around these guys, man. They bring juice every day of practice. They have fun. They're competitive when they go against each other. And uh, that was a heck of an effort by this group today.
2: Heck of an effort. He said it well. Uh, Dan Bickley and Vince Morata, what message... Did yesterday's win send you not only about the team's depth, but what the Cardinals could possibly accomplish down the road this season?
0: Yeah, it kind of blew my mind a little bit because I, I did not expect Colt McCoy to perform at the level that he did. He looked dynamic. He looked in control. He looked confident. He looked like he he could win a playoff game if necessary. That's the change for me. Mm-hmm. I went into this week and going, Colt McCoy can beat the 49ers. He can't beat the Rams. This, to me, just kind of gives me an added layer of, wow, this guy really kind of has some game left, and and more to the point, when the rest of the team knows that the backup quarterback can play that well, it, it, only, it only adds to their collective strength, their collective vibe. It's a great way to put it. Uh,
3: the message to me was, and this is a little bit of a, a slippery slope, is the whole next man up mentality. Every team in the NFL certainly subscribes to that early on in the season. But once that faith is tested or the results aren't there, you you don't hear that offered as much. Right. When you get a team that has been tested from a depth standpoint and an absence standpoint that keeps winning football games, that just gains momentum. Uh, They keep getting the reinforcement like, okay. Uh, next man up is just kind of words until you prove it's not just it's not just words with this team right now. That's the biggest thing for me. And you know, if you're going into a game uh, against Carolina on Sunday and Colt McCoy's your quarterback, you're gonna have confidence going going into it, especially if you know during the week that right. that's going to be the outcome on Sunday.
2: Yeah, not just finding out on the, the team playing over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Dan, you earlier in the show stopped yourself from saying something I think big and grandiose about the Cardinals. I want to kind of nudge you a little bit. What were you thinking when you were you were about to say something big, a big statement yeah. about the Cards?
0: Well, I was go- I was going to say that it, in my many decades of watching football, when when you have teams that have backup quarterbacks step into the mix and just keep the train rolling, it's just a sign of a team that cannot be stopped. Mm. So I was going to say that as I watched this game, I, I, I had this epiphany that. This team can legitimately win it all. That's what I was going to say. And then I thought, it's early to say that. But now you made me switch your call. <laughs> all right. If anyone wants to get mad, no, get mad at me, not it, at damn thing. Because, look, I, again, Cliff Kingsbury's got finish to this, finish this deal. There's there's that history that is still there, and that still has to happen. Yesterday was a big step in the right direction, mm-hmm. though.
2: Yeah. We'll get to Cliff Kingsbury in a second, but I want to hone in on Colt McCoy a little bit more first. He and James Conner both huge games yesterday, stepping up, filling the voids of, of other offensive players that didn't get to play. Here is Kingsbury talking about back when they signed Colt McCoy, Colt insisting he is not just going to be a mentor to Kyler.
0: And he, he was not shy about letting us know when we signed him. Um, you know, I get into the discussion about, hey, you can be a great mentor and great leader and all this. And he's like, hey, man, he stopped me. He's like, I can really play. <laughs> so he, he approaches practice that way. He approaches all situations like that. Uh, even when he's running the scout team, man, it's, it's business. And uh, so that, that was fun to see him execute at a high level today.
2: Okay. After seeing the way Colt McCoy played yesterday's game not just managing expectations but like I I think exceeding them for so many Cardinals fans what would you two think about giving Kyler Murray another week of rest and letting Colt start against the Panthers next week is that too much uh
0: I personally think it's going to happen I, I I think if this is a high ankle sprain those things can be really really delicate and yeah I I think I think you can beat the Panthers with Colt McCoy I I there's there is no rush to bring him back immediately, just because. Yeah, I mean, there's
3: a bye week looming. Not after the Carolina game, they got to play Seattle first before that bye week. Um, I could see that happening, and I could see the sturdiness of that performance kind of giving the Cardinals some, some comfort if, if that's indeed. Look, yeah. if Kyler Murray's healthy enough to play, he's going to play. Mm-hmm. But Bick brings up a great point You know, with this new revelation that it's a high ankle sprain. In some cases, that's a 68-week injury. Mm-hmm. Um, you can take your time. And- he said he
0: was walking pretty gingerly yeah. yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think we're going to see Kyler. I, it's going to be the same drill all over again. Yeah, it's day-to-day. Yeah, it's day-to-day Yeah, Kyler can play against Carolina without practicing Mental reps Mental reps, uh, he can mental do it reps. Yeah. We Game time, time decision yeah. 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 Oh, right. gosh. Alright, let's talk about Cliff
2: Kingsbury Earlier in the show, uh, really throughout the show You guys have been talking about how he did yesterday As a play caller and as, as a leader, as a coach And said that he coached circles around Kyle Shanahan How have you two seen Cliff Kingsbury evolve From his first season with the Cards To where he is today?
3: I think there's less in terms of the the get cute factor. And maybe that's determined by results of plays. <laughs> you know, if a cute play call works, you're like, "Wow, that was genius." Right. If it doesn't work, you can immediately say, "What are you doing? What you were doing <laughs> was working." But I I just I haven't witnessed as many of those scenarios this year. Yeah. I don't know if Cliff Kingsbury in year 1 or year 2 is comfortable enough joining with a player on the opposite team as he yes. as he did yesterday with Josh Norman from the 49ers um there's
0: There's just been a lot yeah, of that, about in, that terms of, in terms yeah. of
3: game operations. It seems smoother and, and more professional. I, I just think yeah. there's been improvement across the board.
0: I, I think he's got a comfort level now um, in terms of what offense he needs to run to win in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's reinvented himself and done so very admirably. I, I would wonder, seriously, if for whatever reason Cliff Kingsbury went back to college, would he go back to a full-on air raid? Or, or has his mentality completely changed about how to win football games? Great question. I, yeah, I, I, give him, I give him credit for um, finding a way to integrate stuff and change who he is without standing on that hill and going, No, I'm in charge here. Yeah. We're doing it my way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finally, uh, ASU football got past USC,
2: a nice fourth quarter effort after uh, getting completely embarrassed by Washington State the week before. So now ASU looking good again. Where do you two stand with this team after Saturday's win? Are you confident in them again, or are you still unsure? How do you feel about ASU
3: football? I'm more unsure than confident at this point. Um, you know, they got two road games coming up, and then they close out with Arizona. Six and three right now, with three regular season games to play, and you know it, it was impressive, but there's there's still a lot of room for improvement, especially offensively. Yep. Um, so I, I, I don't feel tremendously confident. I am impressed that they won. And I think USC did, did ASU some favors in, in that game, too, by being so wonky with their quarterback situation. Yeah, how think. unbecoming that is for I a mean, program like USC. Yeah. Uh, so um, feel better uh, to wash away that
0: that loss, but I'm not fully there. I, I thought it was uh, – I'm with Vitty. Um hey, I really thought Jaden Daniels would be better at this stage of his career than than he is, but Rashad White was just monstrously good on Saturday. And, and you know what? Going into that game, I thought home game against USC Saturday night, parents weekend. Hey! Hi! Um, I, I, I had a feeling that they were going to play well. It's really what they do now. Yeah. You know, it's after that game. What, what do they do now?
2: At Washington, at Oregon State, wrapping mm-hmm. up at home against Arizona.
3: Mm-hmm. Those are two two tough road games.
2: Yeah, I and mean, then obviously really tough. Especially,
0: Ube, they're now,
3: especially winning now that now, the so. Wildcats are on fire. They That's got right. a taste of winning. <laughs> they might be unstoppable. No uh, longer
1: 0 for the decade, baby.
4: Insatiable Arizona
1: Wildcats. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, we'll see how that goes.
1: All right. Thank I you, f- Sarah. I feel
3: rebooted. You are. Uh, coming up. Thank you, Sarah. R- Rush Hour Reboot, 730s uh, every morning here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Coming up next, Cardinals again. All alone with one loss in the loss column. The only team that can make that claim in the NFL. What does it mean for the NFC playoff picture moving forward? That's straight ahead on this Big Red Monday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday, presented by Sanderson Ford, with Bickley and Murata
4: you go back and you say all right we're not going to allow one game to define us i don't think that's reflective of the type of football team we are we had a rough night and it really seemed like kind of that was kind of the narrative for the night you know really it was you know a lot of those things that occurred that are uncharacteristic i choose to believe that tonight was not the reflection of who we are we can look at it we'll correct it and
3: it's, uh, Sean McVay head coach of the Los Angeles Rams after his team got worked over by the Tennessee Titans last night on Sunday night football capping a day of things that just went the Cardinals way Dallas loses. They fall from the ranks of the one-loss team. Um, Kind of expectedly. The Mm -hmm. Green Bay Packers struggled offensively with Jordan Love making his first start. Uh, They lose. They fall from the ranks of the uh, one-loss teams. Um, So the Cardinals took care of their business. They're the only one-loss team left. And and the NFC continues to be, well, I I can't say way more interesting. Way more competitive, I think. ...is the way to phrase it. Yeah. Because the AFC is interesting for different reasons, but, man, the NFC, talk about uh, just top-heavy. Holy moly. Well,
0: trying to make sense of yesterday in some, Rams losing to the Titans without Derrick Henry, a team that went out and signed um, Adrian Peterson and didn't even need him. They
1: dominated the Rams.
0: They dominated him. The Cowboys lose to the Broncos after the Broncos traded Von Miller practically flying a white flag they've if dominated that, the yeah and if the that game was in denver you'd get it you go okay that's an altitude game
3: but that game was in, it dallas. Was in dallas Dak prescott back from his calf i mean the, the week before the cowboys served notice to everybody by winning a
0: game on on sunday night against minnesota with cooper Rush as yeah. their quarterback yeah exactly and then the bills losing to the i actually saw urban meyer smile yesterday I haven't seen that in about 12 years. Weird, weird day in the NFL, but it all broke well for the Cardinals. Uh, I think that Barstool picture of him, he had a, a <laughs> he, bit of a smile he, on yeah, was That was sort of a
1: drunken leer smile.
0: <laughs> oh. right. uh, hello. Hey. Um, oh. hey hi. No,
1: hi. We'll, we'll talk about the power rankings tomorrow, but mm-hmm. yesterday, I mean, how could you watch... Everything that happened yesterday, and not come away with that, the Cardinals are easily the best team in the NFL wait, right wait, now. E- right now, what do you mean
0: easily? Come yeah. on, Jared. Here you go again with absolutes. What, no, because this easily, I, everyone I,
1: else is dead. I feel right. I feel comfortable talking in hyperbole or hyperbole, as some people say, with this statement because it was this,
0: the, the teams that they Jared, were. In, I'm the hyperbolic one. There's only one room for hyperbole on this show. You're the most hyperbolic person I've ever met! <laughs> and, and Dan, <laughs> see what I did
1: there? I must I have do. told you a million times not to exaggerate, okay? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, what, what I'm just saying is that the other teams now all have at least two losses and have terrible losses. The Cardinals one loss is on a last-second miscommunication play against one of the best teams in mm-hmm. the NFL. Yeah. so the team that's the two-seed right now in the current playoff picture. And the, the Cardinals way. just won a game without any other... Like, like, oh, the okay, the Packers didn't have Aaron Rodgers. Well, the Cardinals didn't have Kyler Murray and more,
0: and they just won. the pa- uh, and, and the Cardinals, 5-0 on the road is crazy. You know who else is unbeaten on the road? The New England Patriots. Wow. Yeah. We didn't and how, how about things— Didn't that we, see that coming, The way things you? are shaking out for them, by the way,
3: with Buffalo—I mean— If you want to rank the most inexplicable performances of the NFL season, Mm -hmm. Buffalo's loss to Jacksonville yesterday is far and away, if we're talking
0: about hyperbole, far and away the most inexplicable loss of the season. Listen, and for the, yes, and that Broncos Cowboys game is not far behind. For the Broncos to be up thirty zip in that game. At
3: least the Broncos have showed a pulse at times They're this such year. Such a I mediocre guess. team. I agree with you, but the Cowboys, I mean, that and, might have been the fraud alert game for the Cowboys.
0: Well, and then there's also there's also this was another performance. This is another one of those shaky performances from Matthew Stafford, who, like Carson Wentz, threw the ball out of the end zone, right into the waiting arms of a guy for an easy pick six. But, People, but then <laughs> Just like Carson Wentz, and he did it a lot quicker. On his next pass,
3: he threw a pick six. That was two plays that wow. absolutely crushed his yeah. team.
1: Yeah, and that's where the doubt creeps in. That's the Lions Stafford, as people were saying. Yes. Detroit Stafford came to play. Uh-huh. There.
0: Yes, yeah. So there's so there's that because just when you think the Rams, oh my goodness, adding Von Miller to that mix. Now Von Miller didn't play yesterday, but still. Tennessee has now won four straight games against teams that made the playoffs last season, and six games overall against. I think they're six and zero this season against playoff teams from a year ago. Yeah. So the narrative is about how the Titans always rise to the challenge unless they're playing the Cardinals. Yeah. So look, it it's this is uh it's it, this is all breaking well, but there we you have to remind yourself that there are still eight games remaining. There is a lot of time for a new wave of teams to get hot, like we've already seen we've seen the Chargers hot. you saw the bills smoke it out you know it ebbs and flows.
4: mm-hmm
3: but if uh the playoffs the playoff picture right now, Cardinals are the top seed in the NFC, followed by Green Bay, Tampa Bay three, Dallas four. Uh, and then your wild card teams right now Rams, Saints, and the Atlanta Falcons at four and four. Wow. How about that? With the Carolina Panthers, this week's uh, uh, opponent for the Cardinals coming in at, at number uh, just on the bubble outside of the playoff picture. Which, at least in the current, proves to me that mm. seven teams might be <laughs> too many. <laughs> yeah, it might be too many. Uh, now, in the AFC, where things are less top heavy, I think. You know the the wild card teams right now, Las Vegas, Pittsburgh, and New England. They all have a little bit of momentum behind them. You can't. I mean, I guess you could say that for Atlanta. Who knows? It's it, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, the the most important thing going into Week Ten is that the Arizona Cardinals are the uh, are the top seed in the NFC as it stands right now. Uh, I want to remind you, you can always text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next. The second half of Bickley and Murata Mornings on this Big Red Monday kicks off with the Bickley Blast. It's 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.